But I guess I became an actor because it ignited in me the strongest sense of vocation to engage politically, socially, spiritually, heart and soul, and the kind of storytelling that allows people to understand each other better, get closer to one another. That's Sarah Syed, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hey guys, I'm Cara Duffy, a business coach and entrepreneur on a mission to help you live your most extraordinary life by showing you that anything really is possible. People who have mastered freedom, ease, and success, who are living their best and most ridiculous lives and who are making the biggest impact are often people you've never heard of until now. Today's guest, Sarah Syed, is an activist, actor, and prior human rights lawyer. The past few months, she's been dedicating herself full-time to sharing, discussing, and talking about the revolution currently happening in Iran. In this episode, we cover the latest news on Iran, how her love for acting and activism has been woven through her life, and why it's so important for those of us who have the ability to speak up, to do so for those who cannot speak up for themselves. Let's just jump in and tell everyone your name, where you are in the world, and what you're up to. Of course. Uh, my name is Sara Sayed. That's actually short for a very, very long name, uh, thanks to my father. He's to blame. It's like the whole alphabet. I'm not going to bother going into that. But uh, I'm currently in L.A. Um, and uh, what else? What are you up to? Just a few Ooh. things, as you were saying earlier. Uh, I guess with, um, like all my other uh, wonderful Iranian and also non-Iranian, we've we've had, I mean, alliances just like yourself, uh, Cara. I, I, what's been incredible about this journey, I guess, the silver lining in all of this, in this in the midst of this um, tragedy, in the midst of darkness, is that we've all come together and we've realized how alike we are and how we can lift each other up and support each other. I've, uh, when I go through my comments and messages and captions and other people send me stuff and they're like, I'm from Brazil. I'm a corporate lawyer. How can I help? I'm, I'm, you know, I can go on. Um, but currently, um, as you know, we've, we've talked, we talked about it a few weeks ago. I guess the main thing that is my concern and has taken my attention um, almost 24-7 has been Iran and everything that has been happening in Iran. Um, about a few weeks back, um, I guess uh, five weeks to be exact or six, um, um, a tragedy occurred. Uh, a lady by the name of Mahsa Amini, 22 years old, um, was... Um, taken by the morality police, and I can get into that um, later on, um, because of what she was wearing, because of her hijab, by the way of way she was wearing her hijab, because she was actually covered. And by all standards of morality, police's own requirements, uh, she was she was more uh, covered than most women that walk around that I've seen. So she was unfortunately unlucky to be there uh, target. Uh, she was taken away. She was actually with her own brother walking. Uh, uh, they were separated. Her bro brother was beaten at the time. She was dragged into a van and then taken away. Um, a few days later, uh, her family were notified that she's uh, been badly um, um, there was trauma to the head and the skull and they found her in a coma. She passed about, I guess, uh, forty-eight hours later. I, if, if this is, uh, this it, it's it's so tragic that I I have um, I had all the details down, but since then there have been numerous killings, numerous beatings, uh, fifty-two children. Uh, we've lost fifty-two children. Some shot point blank, some beaten to death at schools uh, with batons. Um, there were many school raidings, uh, raids, sorry. Um, um, there were also um, uh, 
there were people, there were mass killings at places of worship. Like uh, we're talking about, um, you know, bloody minorities. Friday. Absolutely, mm -hmm. at the city of Sanandaj, um, there was, uh, and afterwards, even there, they were they were being raided by military grade weapons. Um, we lost about sixty six people uh, in sixty minutes, and I had previously said I was like, "That's more than a life per minute." If that's not the definition of genocide, and especially because they had targeted a certain ethnicity, uh, then what is that? You know, if if um, if killing people uh, for political means is not terrorism, then then what is? I think we need to revisit certain de definitions and. Um, when it comes to what the Islamic uh, Republic of Iran's regime is doing. Sadly, that, that tragedy occurred and Massa sort of became uh, the spirit, the, the force behind um, years, I guess, for, beyond, we, we talk about 40 years, but people of Iran have, have had um, decades of oppression and um, mistreatment by their governments, but... I guess during the Shah era, which was before the 1979 revolution, uh, there was at least a system put in place where certain, I guess, um, um, there was a, if something like this occurred, you could go to the police and seek um, some sort of um, justice, if you may. Uh, but unfortunately, this government has um, been, um, has been oppressing, has been imprisoning, has been torturing. Um, we have uh, received news of uh, rape in um, in prison cells. Um, uh, a lot of people have gone missing without any form, any information uh, for their families. They've um, or any sort of, any information as to their whereabouts, their health, their condition, which is obviously completely against. All kinds of laws, just even their own sovereign laws, even their own um, constitution, um, even their own Sharia laws in their revolutionary courts. Uh, so after that incident, um, uh, people had people were just like, "Enough is enough." We've, um, and I just want to open parenthesis here because we've had many uprisings in the past, um, even decade. Uh, where people were seeking, they were like, "We want, we want our votes. We want to know. We want our votes back. This this election is rigged. Um, uh, we want to live in a society where we're respected, where where women can become ministers. They can take ministerial positions. They can be judges. Um, where divorce is not a death sentence on someone's life, basically. Where I will not lose my child, even to a sick father." Um, who cannot maintain um, um, or provide for the welfare of my child. It, it, and that was just the, the aspect, that's just the sort of, I guess, um, the gender apartheid aspect of this whole thing. There's also economy. I mean, we have 75% of our population, almost, almost, um, I guess maybe, maybe even more than that, below uh, 35, 40. So let's say very young, vibrant, um, modern, uh, liberal, um, connected to the internet. I guess that's that's also a very, very important to think thing to think about. This generation's um, now easily they can they have they can have conversations. They can see what's going on outside. They want to know what the latest you know uh, uh, music out there is. What the uh, trends, fashion, all of that, and they're very, very tech savvy, which has helped in a lot of ways and I guess has mobilized this movement even beyond its uh, beyond what we originally anticipated. But just to kind of uh, um, quickly um, circle back to Massa, it sort of became um, it came to a head, but it had all the undercurrents of um, economical stagnation people mm -hmm. were fed up with all the um you know this uh, an economy which which is basically mismanaged by lies we have if i'm not mistaken 79 percent of um college graduates are women mm -hmm. uh in the higher education sector so uh, section um and we're thinking and a lot of men obviously a lot of boys who but they come out of their universities with with stellar 
um, resume, like basically stellar grades and uh, ready to work, ready to be part of the society, ready to offer their expertise. Mm -hmm. Sadly, um, there's no opportunity for them. They end up driving um, for what we we have Snap as opposed to Uber. They, they end up becoming mm-hmm. taxi driver. Not that that's a very reputable um, job. I'm not saying, but mm-hmm. I'm what I'm. I, what I guess I'm saying is there are no opportunities. Like uh, per, buying a house, a single young couple is almost unheard of. Mm-hmm. Rents are skyrocketing. Um, just, uh, I've, I, I was talking to a friend of mine who was like, you have no idea. I get, get the receipt back from supermarket and it's like unbelievable. It's mm-hmm. like, how can I afford strawberries nowadays? And we're talking about the affluent sex- sector of mm-hmm. the society. And um, so these undercurrents kind of came to a head. Economy, social oppression, um, um, demand for civil rib- liberties. Also, um, this political, um, um, I guess, um, deadlock, you, yeah. you may, because it's in a lot of ways, uh, what I was referring to when it comes to the f- initial uprisings about a few years ago, um, um, I think it was, uh, was it 2001, 2003, I'm, 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 I might be getting the years wrong, but, um, cause I have to convert them. I know them in, in Farsi, but the initial uprisings were about how can we fix the system? Mm-hmm. How can we uh, create um, measures within this system uh, that is autocratic in a lot of ways, um, mm-hmm. uh, if not totalitarian, uh, to be honest? Um, how can we figure out ways? And therefore, there were many politicians who came about who who were all about um, new measures, setting out new measures, finding ways to circumvent a very strict and very um, conservative way of um, interpreting these rules and regulations and allowing more space for people to breathe. Unfortunately, that was quashed many times Mm -hmm. over and over again by an election that was rigged, by um, creation of um, systems and, you know, uh, uh, forces like the Basij or the mm-hmm. morality police. And so this time it's different in that people are saying enough is enough. We've had it. The system is not fixable mm-hmm. and we want the dictatorships gone. Well, I pulled some numbers this morning. So these are the latest based on Reuters. Over 14,000 people have been arrested as you mentioned earlier, most of which we have no idea where they are. Only 300 have been confirmed killed, which we're guessing is significantly low. There have been protests at 129 universities, of which there's really only about 250-ish in the entire country. So that's Mm -hmm. the majority of universities are having protests. And it's been across 133 cities in all regions which is a huge difference to, yes. to what was happening before. And that there were, there were sections, there were sort of these um, pockets of uprisings back in the days where it was like, um, be it school, be it universities, be it strikes in certain um, oil refineries and what have mm-hmm. you. But now it's taken, um, and, and, and I, I, I want to point this out, Cara, it's like, um, I guess with this government's mis- is severely mistaken uh, uh, about is 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 that this a lot of people who are against this regime are actually in their houses, but they they sort mm-hmm. of believe that they have too much to lose or are happy. So we we have mm-hmm. a sect of the society who's just very wild and ambitious and have had enough with what's going on, which are the students and people who have been under such. Um, um, uh, such like they, they've carried the burden of the economy being in such, such a bad place for so long. Mm-hmm. So they've, it's just reached up to here mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. But what's, what they're mistaking is that a revolution is not just about the amount of people in the streets. It's about an ideology that has taken over many people's um, mindset mm-hmm. and and that in itself is brings about the demise of any regime. I mean, if you think about it, if you if back in the days women would walk in the streets um, with their scarves a bit, you know, not not quite right, um, they would they would 
they would be told off or they would uh, there would be an ultimatum or what have you. And now we see videos where police officers are passing by women without hijab or like women are just like, you know, mm-hmm. um, um, just carrying their scars on their shoulders or in their bags, uh, walking about, having a great day with their friends and what have you. I mean, great, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess that's, that that in itself is a huge reflection of, what has happened throughout this movement in that in that it's transformed people now it's possible now mm-hmm. we can have the life we want there is a future and i think once you see the end of the tunnel once people get to see that light it's almost impossible to go back and and therefore there is a huge break between the relationship of the government and mm-hmm. the people so once once that ideology is t- taken over now you go to an office and people will you know, yeah. they would completely set aside the rules and regulations they have to abide by and they will do as as they think mm-hmm. is right. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and to give everyone context for if this is the first time they're hearing you, of course. you are an, uh, an ex-human rights lawyer. You yeah, are former an actor. <laughs> um, you were born in Tehran, grew up in London, now live in the U.S. So this is uh, a personal passion project for you. It's, yeah. it's, it's so, um, it's a part of you. There's no way that you can't be concerned and care. And we're seeing yeah. women across the world supporting the women of Iran, whether, as you mentioned before, there's Iranian heritage or not. Mm-hmm. And there are protests literally happening everywhere yeah. in support I mean- of what's, of, of the, as we mentioned on the podcast where we, we talked just about this, it was how do we keep spreading the stories and the hope and the, the we see you keep going? Because when you look at 12-year-old girls literally mm-hmm. protesting in the, in the face of leaders, uh, it gives you a lot of perspective of what a chicken shit we are most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, uh, I guess there's another way to look at it as well. Um, you mentioned that I grew up in London. I actually grew up in uh, Tehran. I left Tehran when I was uh, 16 years old. And so I've spent most of my adult life in London. Um, but I grew up in Iran and I have had first-hand experience with the morality police. I mean, I went to a correctional center. I slept there. I, I almost, I, I had one, I spent one night in prison just for being at a party where we uh, a mixed party with um, mm-hmm. with guys, and there were alcoholic beverages there, just like a normal, you know, what a normal teenager yeah. would do. And uh, as as I guess comical it may sound now, for lack of a better word, it was pretty traumatic at the time. In that, mm-hmm. uh, during my sort of elementary years um, at school, uh, I had the privilege of studying at a, at a school where we were taught English at the same time. We learned English and Farsi simultaneously at the same. And um, it was a very liberal, open space. There was a lot of, um, um, it, like our, our curriculum was filled with, our syllabus was filled with arts and God knows what. And as the years went on, and I'm talking about within five years time, all of a sudden there was a huge, huge shift of, um, in terms of, um, in the management sector of um, um, the education. Um, overall in Iran, they changed mm-hmm. uh, history books to accommodate what they feel like they should be teaching. Uh, many of, um, uh, many of uh, not just the, the education sector, but also journalism, freedom of expression. There was a huge crackdown on, 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 on freedom of expression and the independence of journalists which we now also, I, I would love to get into that later on because mm-hmm. there are two ladies who have, um, they were the sounding boards they, of, of what happened tragically to Massa and now uh, they've been, uh, um, um, they've been convict, convicted of espionage and um, 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 capital punishment of Mosadif um, al-Arz, uh, which basically stands for those who corrupt the earth. And that has capital punishment. So they're waiting. They're basically on execution. That's, that's a sidetrack. Mm-hmm. Mid-school, we were forced to wear a chador, which is a long veil 
black long veil we had to be covered and just please just try to imagine like an 11 12 year old girl already wearing matnaya which is like sort of like a scarf um a long socks um long manteau which is uh, like the long coat mm-hmm. um trousers and and sometimes in the deep heat of the summer like it's you know and when during winter it was pretty fine but um and then in the mornings we would queue up and chant death to america death to israel i mean that was a thing for i'm mm-hmm. and for us we i mean me coming from from a, a family who's just so open minded and like um my father's just in all ways and shapes and form very much an atheist um for him you know we would just laugh about it and and mm-hmm. even amongst my friends we would just like be chanting at the same time we would be smuggling britney spears posters like yeah. you know this has been going on for a long like we would mm-hmm. we would smuggle cd's of backstreet boys at the same mm-hmm. time we we had to we had to pray during the friday mass prayers and pretend mm-hmm. as if we were very good good um muslim girls um that said there was from very early on you're forced to uh, to assimilate to a system mm-hmm. that is very foreign to your body and to your everything like the trauma mm-hmm. uh, that would ensue from like you when when they told us to wear the chador i was like no i'm not doing that like i'm already covered and i mm-hmm. never forget i had me and but 14 other friends of mine um and i still talk to my love and my um like tie our veils to the to the trees in protest uh which caused you know me personally to 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 be on probation for two months and that was sort of and you i guess what i'm trying to say is that these little pockets of protest these little mm-hmm. pockets of uh no i refuse to live by mm-hmm. your way by your ideology that is in in effect um um boxing me as a woman mm-hmm. in some like one of the ways that you know as as teenagers we grow up is our connection with the other sex with the other yeah. people being open yeah. being um believe it or not like i i i didn't know what sex was until i was like and that is important for a woman until i was mm-hmm. I, i guess like 13 12 um like i i thought it was a sin and when i heard mm-hmm. that my parents had made me that way i was like <laughs> i was like i couldn't look at my mom in the eyes i was like yeah. you committed sin you and you know and there was this sense of internalized guilt um mm-hmm. time time tends to decontextualize a lot of things but the yeah. context of it all is that it's been happening for for a very long time and the trauma of it where was i'm for me personally i'm just sort of reliving that i'm reliving mm-hmm. how they raided a um the apartment that we were at a party and dragged women by their hair put them in a van and took us to a correctional center like what had we done wrong Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just you know it just kept this whole process it just has kept getting more brutal and vicious and sadly um ended to where you know has has come to where we are now with with the loss of lives well in circling back on the impact on free speech and journalism there's been of course women as well as men who have been uh arrested for what they're saying who are either mm-hmm. uh celebrities in some capacity or journalists musicians um yeah. got, but yeah just two days ago too much a very vocal anti-regime rapper um mm-hmm. they they and and there's a reason why they arrest people like too much to create fear mm-hmm. to create anxiety uh to create hopelessness amongst people and say you know he he was the big guy what can yeah. you do Mm-hmm. Um absolutely absolutely sorry and to it, interrupt you you were saying oh, oh no it it just makes me wonder how many of the people who are being forced to arrest him mm-hmm. actually want to like how many of your teachers are really cared if you wore whatever i'm sure there's so many people being like just please listen like i'm going to get in trouble if you don't <laughs> like there's yeah there's oh my god so many mm-hmm. uh car so many um what i've I've always said to to my um non-Iranian friends is what we need to understand about this regime is that 
unlike Daesh or ISIS or Taliban, who, and I'm not even sure they really believe what they're doing, but they they use Islamism, Islam, Islamic extremism um, to commit the atrocities for lack of, I mean, there's no way mm-hmm. around it. I can, I can sugarcoat it and say they, they, they put pe- women in holes and deny them education, but that's an atrocity to me. You know, yeah. uh, they, they behead um, women who, according to rules and regulations that does that are very opaque and undo on unjust during unjust trials, they be, they behead people. They, um, they still stone like stoning a medieval brutal. That's that happened. I guess the difference between the Islamic regime's, way of going about it as opposed to a, a, a islamic is extremism of daesh and taliban is that they use this ideology they believe in the ideology um that god has their descendants of they get their power from some holy source and anything other than that is spreading corruption on earth mm-hmm. so everyone's a sinner everyone's a criminal unless their devotion is is practiced in the way that Daesh and mm-hmm. ISIS and what have you. The difference is that with the Islamic Republic, at least I don't believe they believe in these ideologies. They're using Islam as a as an excuse to justify factor. the control factor mm-hmm. to suppress to to i mean the whole the, the the system is based on an idea that the leader is the descendant of gods or what have you, you know or the prophet yeah. um and so how can you how can you um negate that in any way if you're supposed to be a righteous muslim and your leader is the descendant of the prophet gets his um has acquired his power through some holy means whatever he says is bible i mean it's quran right um and so you can't in a lot of ways you're forced to accept it regardless of what you think is righteous uh, regardless of your values and principles, in complete disregard to human rights, human life, the sanctity mm-hmm. of human life. Um, and so the Islamic Republic has used Islam and therefore hijab being one of the foundations of that. The re- I mean, the gender apartheid is a very well-planned uh, system of not just divi- creating, not just to create division between the sexes, the, the sex of the society, but also to create this 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 box where anyone who's outside it is either not accepted. Like I mean, religious minorities, Baha'is, have forever been denied education. Um, their 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 homes have been taken apart, raided. They've they've been imprisoned for. For just believing a different way of worshiping gods, you know, mm-hmm. um, for for having a different language to to what that higher being. In Farsi, we say khoda, which means um, it's short for bechoda, meaning come to yourself. That's mm-hmm. what God means. So, in a lot of ways, they've taken this extremist, fascist mentality and codified it. And use it to create something as, to be honest, in a lot of ways, uh, forget the fact that they're brutal, but they're ineffective. Mm-hmm. You cannot force morality upon anyone else in this century. Like, you know, mm-hmm. what is morality? I mean, define morality. What is, how is it that your morality is more valuable than my morals? And just going back to what you were saying, they don't necessarily believe what they preach. Right. They just use it because otherwise, why are we seeing all these, like, why are we seeing their children's in clubs in London? Why are we seeing mm-hmm. um, massive migration of their own? Uh, if, if Western societies are so bad and vicious and mean, why are all your children in IV schools? Yeah. Why are pictures of you with your mistresses in the, you know, I, th- that's small talk. I don't want to get into that, but <laughs> uh, but but because of that, they've they've allowed themselves to oppress, and and one of the ways they do that is by controlling media, by controlling journalism, by um, by um, quashing any form of dissent, be it an ideology, 
be it a form of, you know, pre- that's why we have prisoners of conscience. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why we have prisoners of thought like, and, and religion minority. It all comes stems from freedom of uh, not having freedom of expression, uh, which is the, uh, the cornerstone of any democracy. Mm-hmm. Um, did I, did I miss something in, in your question or they? No, I, I, no, I think you covered it. And, and I think what keeps coming up for me is, mm-hmm. you know, you, you've been quoted as saying that you've always wanted to be an actor and you're clearly so passionate about mm-hmm. like human rights and freedoms and justice. And I'm so curious if, if, when you were practicing as a human rights lawyer, how, like, are you, were you then in this tug of war? And are you still in this tug of war of how do I get to fulfill both sides of who Absolutely. I am? That's a wonderful question. Um, I guess there was a process for me, Kara, in that um, I sort of, I guess it, the starting I always, I've always loved, like, my first love was theater and film. I mean, mm-hmm. you can ask my mother. I would, she would, she would turn, on, turn off the TV at 4 a.m. when I had to go to school at 7. I would watch classical, um, you know, classic movies of, like, golden era, like Hollywood, Clark Gable mm-hmm. and Spencer Tracy and what have you. And, um, and, and for me, theater is the most alive, alive form of, Mm-hmm. Um, art, that connection with the audience. I don't think, I mean, I, I guess a lot of, uh, whoever has had this feeling would understand what I'm saying. That, that, um, that feeling of connecting with the masses in a way that is deep and energizing and, and also changes you. That's just, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess with any type of art, with any type of music. And that's why in a lot of ways I go back to um, how our Iranian youth want to find their God with art, mm-hmm. within art and, mm-hmm. and, and music and um, creation. Um, but for me personally, the journey was, one, I became disillusioned with the whole system of international law. As you know, um, I mean, I guess there is still power to the pen of these mm-hmm. petitions. I always, I always, I, I always say there's there's power in in signing a petition. There is there is that. But one, when I was working in in when I was working as a human rights lawyer in the International Bar Association, which was like the largest bar association in the world, they help lawyers get acquainted with international law because a lot of lawyers don't actually study it. But mm-hmm. the system is based on um, agreements between states. And that in itself really depends on who takes. So, uh, for example, Iran signs on to the protection, like convention that protects women's rights. But then based on their sovereign laws, they can take reservations against anything they want. So they say something like we will support um, uh, women and this and this and that. But then we take reservation against that based on Sharia law, which in essence is everything. Yeah, <laughs> because we're talking about we're talking about laws and re- rules and regulations, which in essence say a woman is half that of a man. Mm-hmm. So how can you bring about change if that is the in- very 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 first blockage? And and I always tell my friends, I'm like, don't think that when you when you sign a petition that someone's worked really hard on, that's your you know you've done your bit and you can just go home and rest because that's not true. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can look at the history of. Uh, United Nations and General Assembly, they've been very, very effective and certain in a, in a lot of ways. Absolutely. I will never mm-hmm. deny that. And I admire the institution and value what they stand for. And I will forever believe in them. But like, for example, if you were to look at um, how they set up a special investigative unit in 2017 um, for, for Syria, uh, where Bashar Assad was basically um, 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 using chemical weapons on on his own people. and mm-hmm. what has happened since then they haven't even been able to get those people those reporters inside to make those impartial investigations so we need to understand the politics behind it as well mm-hmm. and how there's not really that much executive power within this system However, it is important because they stand as the beacon of hope and the institution that would make sure, ensure, like, for example, uh, Ms. Kamala Harris, we, she said today there was a statement released that we will 
uh, be standing by. I mean, as symbolic as that may be, and the gestures are very, you know, I, I think there is still value to that. That that mm-hmm. that should be uh, that should be acknowledged. And she was saying that we will stand by them, and we will ensure that uh, the Islamic Republic of Iran is no longer on the Women's uh, Council. On the Women's Commission, isn't that interesting? By the way, the fact that they're all they're they're the they're the leading force in the Women's um, uh, Commission um, on on women's rights, um, and that apparently that's the United Nations way of um, teaching the bad baddies uh, what to do. Uh, but I guess I became an actor because it it ignited in me the strongest sense of vocation to engage politically, socially, spiritually, heart and soul, and the kind of Mm -hmm. storytelling that allows people to understand each other better, get closer Mm -hmm. to one another. Because as you said, when we started this whole thing, uh, when we were talking about in the beginning in the podcast, uh, we're only as good as, you know, how we we understand each other. I think that's the Mm -hmm. only way, um, I always say, my, my success is in being effective, not just for people I love, but also for Kara, but also yeah. for, 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 you know, humanity. I mean, why else are we here? Well, and what I think is so interesting, the, you know, you were in uh, Young Wallander mm-hmm. and the character, it's so, you know, you look at the show and you're like, oh, crime drama. But then you look at the conversations and the layers that are in it. It's, it's much bigger than Oh, another Nordic crime drama. Like that's not oh, 100. And even the 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 character that you play and how it's talked about and looked at like the, I was not expecting the layers to be in that show at all. Oh. Thank you. That means the world. I'll definitely tell the producers I'll tell them that. Um, <laughs> um it's really interesting. That process was wonderful in that um initially we I was not supposed to even have an accent. Mm-hmm. And I felt like just as an extra layer of representation, even though in a lot of ways, career-wise, it doesn't help because you get boxed in. I was like, no, I want to I do Jasmine with a hint of my mother. Yeah. And, and that sense of care and that sense of motherhood and that sense of um, what, what home feels like to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're aware, Cara, but I haven't been able to go back for a long time. Um, well, first off, I did a lot of dodgy protesting. <laughs> uh, I, um, but also I, I, I did, had this thesis written on uh, women's rights and the comparative study, the studies of Islamic law and mm-hmm. um, uh, women's rights and then case study of Iran. And then it got published. It's so funny. I'm, most of the time I wasn't even attending classes. And now all of a sudden I get something published. And then um, I got involved with a news channel. Uh, sorry, I got involved with a channel that was outside Iran. Um, very reputable, phenomenal, creative people. And just by nature of being in that channel, it was very, very dangerous for me to go back. I couldn't go back because I was seeking the truth. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know why I'm not you know, as a woman, I'm supposed to be thinking of myself and my fellow sisters as half mm-hmm. that of a man and have not have the privileges. And, um, you know, I mean, you can, you can understand how the sense of idealism of a girl who comes out, leaves her family, leaves her friend, leaves her very incredible life. I mean, yeah. you know, when you're home, you have, I tell my friends, um, uh, when you're home, you have that connection. You don't have to, you don't, you know, a lot of times you don't even have to send out a resume. People know you. Yeah. When you're outside, you're an alien. You will forever be searching for a home. Um, there's, you know, I, I, I said it in the speech. I was like, home is where the mothers are. Mm-hmm. And that is in its sense, it's very symbolic in that um, for me, also very personal, just not just symbolic. I lost my grandmother. Um, a few years back and I couldn't go uh, to mourn her. I couldn't go back. That would have been dangerous for my family. That would have been dangerous mm-hmm. for me. And in, interestingly enough, they, I got the news in a middle of a scene of a film I was doing. I'll send it to you. It's in Farsi, but it's pretty, pretty, um, something I'm pretty proud of, even though we had a lot of issues. It's like this gigantic piece of like uh, beautiful artwork and, mm-hmm. and it's very theatrical. 
we we worked with the inter- with the National Theatre in London. It's just like stunning, stunning piece of um, uh, footage, I guess. Mm-hmm. Visuals, a lot of beautiful. But, but I was in the middle of a scene where we where uh, my character says goodbye to her mother. I will send you that yeah. scene. It's it's Please. it gives you goosebumps. Um, I am it's a song. So. About it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I literally said goodbye, and there's like a collapse of everyone around because it's very. Um, uh, the scene's supposed to be very loud and grotesque and sad and dark, and all these different characters just fall as as I leave. It's I would love for you to see that. It's just yeah. like it's a bit, um, but I got the news and. And all I was thinking was, and mind you, my grandmother was a huge source of inspiration for me. Um, A great deal of my uh, knowledge, my understanding of my, my, um, my womanhood comes from her. Um, She was very much of the opinion that I have to be independent. I should never need anyone. I should stand on my own two feet. I have to be able uh, to speak and speak aloud about things that matter to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can just, you know, I, I still haven't mourned her. I still feel like she's alive. Um, and she is, um, she's speaking to me. She had dementia towards the final years of her life. And she used to call all my other cousins, um, my name. She'd be <laughs> like, Sarah, why? Have, yeah. Why, where were you? I have cooked for you. Where is like, you know, anyway, uh, but I guess, and and that that is also interesting that a woman that age. I mean, my my grandmother passed away about um, eight years ago. She was ninety two years old. Um, just to just to give you an idea of the the foundations, even our foundations were against mm-hmm. this this notion that women should not that women should be controlled. And I'm talking about a woman who was 92 eight years ago. Yeah. So I guess I guess it would be it would it would be essential for me to tell you this, Cara, in that change is inevitable. And I'm not saying it in a cliche way. This this government, um, this regime as it stands, is bound to go. And the reason other than the bravery and the uprisings and the protests and this transformative movement that has, you know, that has taken over the world in a lot of ways that I'm speaking to you right now about. That's just, let's just put all of that aside. There is a new generation coming. I mean, it's not even about me anymore. It's not even about people like even like 10 years before me. There's a new generation with new ideas, with, with the power and the intelligence mm-hmm. and the perseverance to get what they want. And I, and, and, and you can think of that as a wave. Yeah. Waves cannot be stopped by rocks. They will leave their imprints on the shores of history. And when we look back at this, we will be like, this was, wow, this was just a matter of time. It's not an if it's an, it's a when, when is it mm-hmm. going to happen? Um, that's how I get people. That's how I recruit people into this. <laughs> like, if you if you want to get on board, you might as well do it um, quickly because you know the ship's about to sail, and and this generation's not going to have a no for answer. And if it means sadly, sadly, the only thing that worries me is you know the loss of life, the loss mm-hmm. of our beautiful. I mean, we lost. Um, 19-year-old chef, when you look at him, like his videos, his creativity, we're doing a, uh, we're doing hopefully a, a wonderful uh, remembrance piece on him. I'm hoping to get in contact with the culinary, the international culinary community and like well-known chefs to just kind of say his name. Mm-hmm. Um, creative, like there's this like voice message of his saying, we will find the right job. We will, don't worry to his friend saying, don't worry, we will go somewhere uh, who pay like to people that pay us what we deserve. And we're going to, we're going to be amazing. Trust me, we're going to be famous. We're going to be, it's like my, we're, we're yeah. talking about these lives that were so full, mm-hmm. full of uh, potential. And, and just to kind of end, ended on a note of we've, uh, Cara, we've lost our future leaders. You know, these were our future leaders and I, I thank them. I thank them um, 
I mean, I thank all of them, the ones who are alive, the ones who've lost their families. I thank them because they have transformed us and united us in ways that no other leadership could. Yeah. No other leadership could. We have, after 40 years, finally come together, um, people with like different ideas about how we should go about this, different ideologies, different, like we have women who are full on wearing a job. Like one of, one of, uh, one of the most outspoken um, people against this, this regime is a lady who, who was one of the members of the parliament or like worked as, 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 you know, as one of the ministers and was, she's like, they're, they should go, they should be done. Get mm-hmm. rid of them. They have taken everything from us. They have taken joy, happiness, mm-hmm. uh, livelihood, um, they, they, promise of a future. Yeah. You know? Well, one of the questions that I ask everyone on this podcast is where you put yourself on the powerful lady scale. If zero oh. is average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful lady you can imagine, where do you put yourself today and on average and how, how do you think about your own power? Um, Cara, if anything, um, this movement has taught me is that each person is a platform. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean it necessarily like in a technical um, social media way. Every person, like, every person has the power um, can create the means if they don't and take one step towards change. And, and I, very early on, I had this, um, I wrote this speech in which I said, um, just, you know, appealing to the masses out there, to the world saying, uh, Iran is, Iran is bleeding and the world's silence is, is, um, is breaking our hearts. And I made a case for why this is a um, fight that far exceeds uh, Iran, extends beyond the borders of Iran, because it is a a fight for freedom of choice. Mm -hmm. To choose, because how can you for fact infer someone's a true believer of anything if they have no choice in choosing otherwise? Mm -hmm. And this is what, these dictatorships, these autocrats, I guess, understand, because they cannot be that dumb, um, but go about it anyway, because they, they have, there's greed, you know, uh, I guess the greatest sin of all. So going back to your question, I feel, I might not feel powerful. I might feel very vulnerable but I feel very empowered. Mm -hmm. I feel extremely empowered by my friends who inspire me, who give me hope. I feel extremely empowered by our allies such as yourself for, for going, for moving ahead, for taking a step each day, each day. If I were to, I wish I tell my friends, I wish I could fast forward this whole process for you. And, and have you look back at this in five years' time and, and make you realize how every step, every action that you've taken has been a hack at the root of this dictatorship. Mm-hmm. But the name of this game is perseverance, is consistency, is this is a matter of be, having each other's back, lifting each other up, um, being there for one another. Um, mm-hmm. Because this is not just taxing on, you know, on, on just physically. It's also very mental, mm-hmm. very, very mental. We wake up every day to, to like, an unspeakable um, amount of brutality, killings, beatings, imprisonments. Um, I mean, just to, just to think about those families who had to wait nine days just so they could go identify their unrecog- their children's unrecognizable faces and body bags. Mm-hmm. Nine days of waiting just so you could, you know. And then I go, so 
I'm I'm not going to allow for that for that life to have gone in vain. Vain. I'm not mm-hmm. going to like that. Is a mission. That is what I'm here for. So I will get my power from whoever I can, whenever I can. I will call <laughs> Tara and be like, "Give yeah. me some of your. Uh, give me some of your." Um, you know, nuggets of energy, intellect, show me that what I'm doing is, mm-hmm. is right. And I will get somewhere. And you're going to be like, you know what? You have already won. <laughs> you have already won. We have already yeah. won. We uh, three weeks ago, no one would have imagined celebrities such as uh, Angelina Jolie, like write about Iran and quote Mossadegh. No one would have imagined Coldplay singing to Sherwin. And call him a sweet guy. It was really one. It was this sweet guy in Iran who was no, no one. No one would have thought that Shirin Abadi, our Nobel laureate, uh, peace laureate, would be talking about Iran in mm-hmm. front of everyone, in front of the world, and making a case for why it's right to support this movement. No one. Mm-hmm. This was unheard of. We all thought, you know what? It's not in the international community's best interest. They need a boogeyman in Iran. They need someone to act like that so that they could sell weapons to their other allies. Yeah. I mean, I mean, think about it, Kara. The Islamic Republic has been, has only been bad for its people. It's been great for all the countries around it. Yeah. And the countries far from it, including America. Well, and I heard today that um, there's the conversation that they might attack Saudi Arabia to distract from what's happening. And I'm like, I mean, they're, they're ways. Yeah, they're ways because that's a way of um, uniting. Like, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, it's a way of them appealing to the patriarchy of the nation yeah. and being like, we are under attack. And that's what they've done for a long while. That's mm-hmm. how they justify their um, oppression of minorities. They're mm-hmm. saying, oh, Kurdish people want to, w- 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 are separatists, are terrorists. What? Kurdish people have been literally fighting for. Uh, in our borders for as mm-hmm. long as I remember. And I'm, you know, uh, yeah. this is their, that's why they continuously, I mean, if you watch Iran, Iran's um, main news channel, you'll be amazed. It's like a joke. It's like, it's like, mm-hmm. it, it was heartbreaking to watch one of their, I, I don't even want to name his name, but he was like, we are the reason why Bashar Assad has been able to fend off 40 countries. You think we cannot get rid of you? you little God knows what little teenagers. He literally named two girls, Nika Shakarami and Masamini, and said it like they're nothing. They, he was like, you think you're our problem? These two are our problem? This is nothing. The, the amount, the audacity, the indecency is just, you know. Everyone has a struggle every day. And what I really hear in so much of what you're sharing is, is why it is so important to have a community and to have anchors of what hope is because the people who win are the people who do not give up on the hope piece. The people who win are the ones who are committed to seeing the goodness that is everywhere versus everything else that becomes a distraction. And mm-hmm. I think that we are beyond, a we, we have surpassed as a, as a globe that thinking that the people are the leaders. We, Power we, to the people, yeah. Right, like that illusion that whether whatever country you're from, like, oh, Americans are like Biden or Trump. You're like, no, like, mm-hmm. no. And it's the same for any other country you name. And mm-hmm. we, because of the technology we have now to be connected to anyone, anywhere, it's just echoing more and more of how much our core needs and commitments and the things we care about are so much more similar than ever before. At least yeah, that we know of it. That's so, that's beautifully said, Cara, because I also, just to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying, um, it, it, it's kind of sad that we only come together during our times of hardship. But it's also this, the silver lining of that is that we realize we suffer from the same pains. We're hurt by the same oppression. Uh, trauma is caused by the same. And I, by same, I don't mean same in the nature of the act. 
but in in the way that it manifests itself in our body at at a cellular level uh because body doesn't i guess body has a language but it doesn't understand it in in i guess words or actions it understands it in for me i feel like in a lot of ways in, if you were to if you may in colors in intensity so when something isn't right you can feel something isn't right at your core level whether you deny it take action against it or as you said seek out a community i think what's what's been so wonderful is that literally within days uh the diaspora created created a collective gathered funds and we're like how can we okay with well, their sanctions okay so what can we do to keep the voices alive and we had the biggest billboard in the middle of times square set up by the donations of people and this is pretty expensive stuff this is very very time consuming to do but the power of community the power of someone in having you know connections in instagram apple what have you this that to now part of our main concern um which i would love to say on your podcast because we are soon to launch a fundraising is sadly vpns which are our way of circumventing the internet blockage because the free flow of information is essential for this movement to 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 go on um and and you wouldn't believe the amount that is needed to set that up and create and we've been doing it we've we've offered vpns um to many many people in remote distant areas um but we need it on a bigger scale because the crackdown is much more stronger and i think um just one last thing i i also need to to tell people just in case they're even wondering how to help is that we need to we need to understand that we've gotten the voice out there everyone knows we've 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 gotten the attention of our leaders that's why mr kamala harris would write a statement now we need to shift a little bit towards creating creation of measures that are impactful for people on the ground inside because there's one one thing is weakening the regime the other one is empowering the people and because of rules and regulations in the international arena maybe weakening the regime might become actually more devastating cause wars as we were talking about but empowering the people is so easy by merely incentivizing big companies to offer allow better provisions of technology that's just so easy to do you know um so putting pressure on people and then um if you if if there's anything that i can just add and squeeze in there there's like a petition for uh the removal of iran from the women's council i would love for people to take 2 minutes of their time and just sign that uh i know i know the problems of united nations i know but i think it's important even mm-hmm. even at, on a symbolic level and also please there's there will be a day um i'm not sure what the date is i can post it on my on my on my um instagram that we're all calling our world leaders like calling them the white house there's a line mm-hmm. that you can apparently i did not even know that before this uh and even send out like basically sometimes you get a voice call you can just send out your concern sometimes you get a person um there's a sort of international call to action to contact your leaders be it email be it what have you to just like put pressure on them um we need that sadly we do need that we need the international community's help and if anyone can take a couple of minutes of their time to i i will post it on my on my instagram i'll send it to you cara so sure. thank you again so much for taking time to of course share cara, what's going you so on much. your wisdom take time for us um this means a lot to the powerfulness community it means a lot to me thank and you. Um I'm I'm I have gratitude for what everyone in Iran is doing and for the women who are not in Iran like yourself for being such a voice. Um thank you. it supporting each other matters more than ever and thank you for the work you're doing. Yeah and and I look forward to having many more conversations with you. All the links to connect with Sarah are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and thank you so much in advance for leaving us a rating and review. It is so critical to help us get to more listeners like yourself. 
Come join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. And if you're looking to connect directly with me, please visit caraduffy.com or Kara underscore Duffy on Instagram. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode and a great new guest. Until then, I hope we're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.